0: When you think about Easter, I wonder what comes to mind. Is it rabbits, chocolate, (laughs) colored eggs? Um, As Christians, we know there is so much more to Easter. Uh, It started with a triumphal parade and anger Jesus had about uh, the misuse of God's temple, the Last Supper, a brutal death, then a miraculous resurrection. And as adults, that is so much for us to process. And it's really hard for us to help our kids get into uh, those truths and understand them. So today on Focus on the Family, we're going to explore the Easter story, its relevance to our lives, and how you as a parent can help your kids grab onto it. Uh, Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fuller,
1: and your host is Focus president and author, Jim Daly. John, the period of time uh, around that first Easter had to be filled with amazing moments. Uh, We call it Holy Week. But if you just read it in the Scripture, there was a lot going on, a lot of chaos, really. And imagine how the disciples must have felt wondering if Jesus would become the king. Would he take over politically? Would he be the next leader in that way? And then you had Judas, uh, you know, betraying him. You had Peter denying him. Uh, there was just a lot of things happening. And it's good for us to understand it and better understand what were the motivations of people and what was happening. You know, we have the benefit of 2,000 years of history now. We get to look back and we get to see that what Jesus said is true. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are should be envied as a generation. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not in the midst of it thinking, is he the Messiah? Is he not the Messiah? I think you can say very definitively Jesus was who he said he was. And we have uh, still people that have lots of questions about uh, Jesus and his significance. And we're going to help answer those questions today, especially for your children, which is so hard for them to kind of connect with. Yeah, what's a bunny rabbit and yeah. a colored egg have to do with Easter? Jesus, right. So we're looking forward to talking to two great friends about how to speak to your children about Easter.
0: Yeah, Josh and Christy Straub are back in the studio with us. We're so glad to have them, and uh, we always get a great response when we talk with them. Uh, They are um, speakers and podcast hosts and co-founders of Famous at Home. They train leaders in emotional intelligence and uh, really promote healthy families. They're living a healthy family. They have three kids, and uh, Landon, Kennedy, and Micah, they know something about the journey that so many of us are on or uh, reflecting back uh, yeah, so right. positively about. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the books they've written that uh, we'll mention here is Ten Days of the Easter Story, a family experience through the feelings of Holy Week. And we've got copies of that here when you call 800-the-letter-A-in-the-word-family or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. Josh and Christy, welcome.
1: Thank, Thank you. Good to have you
2: back. We your love smiles. being I here. love your smiles. Oh, you we so love joy here.
1: I love it. Um, Let me ask you this. John touched on it, but the whole idea of bunny rabbits and eggs. So, you know, for Gene and I, when our boys were younger, we were having this discussion. Do we talk about a rabbit? I mean, really, do the kids grow up thinking we're lying to them? There is no big uh, Easter bunny that's taking care of all this. Spiritually speaking, and you know, Gene was really great. We did the same thing with uh, the other guy in December. You know, <laughs> SC. I don't want to blow anybody's cover, but we just weren't. We felt it may not go down well with our boys if we're deceiving them. Yeah. I mean, even playfully yeah. about Santa Claus and maybe the Easter Bunny. So we were we were not big on on pretending that these people exist and yeah. deliver presents but let me this one let's just get out of the way at easter how do you begin to clarify this is jesus and the true story and this is something we do for fun
3: well it is confusing isn't it like what, wait where did bunnies and eggs come into the picture and then we're talking about empty tombs and this horrific death right. and like how do these go together and i think it's hard for i mean we're parents raising kids in this generation alongside all of you and how it's old like, are your kids just for so, the listeners so Landon. Ten, Kennedy's eight, and Micah's just about to be three. So So, right
1: there, you have a a wide variety of understanding. Yeah, and
3: it's and very limited understanding for some. Like, it's what even is Easter? I think, and the reason I think it's so important to us to even have this conversation today is because it really like it's the crux of our faith. So if we're like Jim, you're saying if we're like telling them about Easter bunnies and going along with that, and I'm truthfully like. We play along with some of the traditions so that the kids, like just, there's just a joy in yeah, hiding eggs around the house. and but with this like balance of and this is what is true."
4: right. yeah, and I, I think you know, for us, you know, one of the principles we hold to is one of the things that Christie's mom uh, would say to them growing up, you know, uh, the Easter Bunny with, with and with s c as well. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're, so, and this is the phrase is they are pretend. But in our home, we pretend. And so just that idea of going, okay, yes, if they ask the question, we pretend or they're pretend, but we pretend in our home. And I think there's a a reality to we want our children to know the truth and we want them to understand that the truth sets them free. Right. But I think so often what we do is we uh, bypass the pain of, of the truth. Mm. We bypass yeah. the suffering of the truth and we wanna to get to the resurrection. Sunday is coming. We use that phrase, Sunday is coming. And, and what we end up doing is is we, we pacify things with eggs and, and the pretend stuff that culture brings into play. And then in, we focus on the good part of the Easter story of going, okay, Sunday's coming, Jesus is rose from the dead. But what we end up doing is we do, I think we do our kids a disservice by passing over the stuff that wasn't
1: so fun. Yeah. During well, and, that week. and what you're saying, is, I mean, it's dawning on me that it's such a metaphor for the culture. Yeah. I mean, really, mm. rather it? than talk about what's yes. true and the things that are most important in life, we just continue that whole fable forward.
3: Yes. It's yeah. so, it's just like, you know, this whole, I don't know, there's this culture of like, we medicate pain with, you know, we shop it away or we eat it away or we over sugar it away. And it's, it's like we're ingraining in our kids this, that coping mechanism. Right. And I just think there is such a better way for us to actually walk through with our kids hard yeah. things.
1: And what I, what I love what you're accomplishing with the book, 10 Days of the Easter Story, and you guys, you're so intentional with this, is how to get your kids starting right, right from the get-go yeah. emotionally healthy. Yeah. I, I yeah. so appreciate that because I don't think as parents, we you know, we want them to be in sports. We want them yeah. to do these things that demonstrate their physical well-being and their physical acuity. Yeah. And I don't know that, I don't think I was as in tune with their emotional health yeah. as you guys are coaching parents to be. And I think, man, it should probably start right there.
2: Yeah.
1: Emotionally healthy children. So when you look at connecting the Easter story for them yeah. to be emotionally healthy, how, how does that work? Yeah well one of the things we wanted to do was
4: I mean we wanted to take the Easter story and we wanted to look at what was actually happening right uh you know researchers show that you know, thinking, feeling, and relating at the Mm -hmm. same time is where true growth happens. So in other words, if I'm just sitting in a classroom and I'm hearing somebody lecture, there's a cognitive thing going on. But if there's not great stories or I'm not emotionally engaged, I'm not as likely to remember what's being taught.
1: That's like a speaker, an effective speaker. An effective speaker is going to
4: share stories. They're going to engage your emotion and there's thinking, feeling, and then there's also relating. I'm I'm entering into a relationship. This is why therapy is so effective is because it, you know, or, or at least good, healthy, relationships, small groups where you're doing life with people in your church because there's relational things happening. And so what we really wanted to do was give parents another tool to be able to take their children through the devotion of Easter uh, to teach them the truths of scripture But then to also help their children enter into that story and think about what is it that the characters or the people during that week, during that time of life, what were they experiencing? What were they actually feeling? What was actually going on? And what are ways that you experience that feeling today? What are ways that you've experienced a lot of hope, like the hope of Palm Sunday, right? And and the happiness of Palm Sunday or anger, right? When the Pharisees are angry uh, and then, because Jesus is flipping over the tables, but then Jesus getting angry and flipping over the tables or the surprise. I mean, you think about the last supper, think about the disciples at the last supper. What a, like, mind-blowing... Like, if they had emojis back then, the mind-blown, like, emoji. <laughs> because Jesus shows up and he says, by the way, one of you is going to betray me. Yeah. And they all look at each other like... Who? Who? And and what are you talking about? Then uh, he washes their feet, which mm-hmm. is a, for a servant to do. He he tells them he's going to die and temple being raised in three days. He tells them to drink of his blood and eat of his body. Like, you're going... What I, I mean, just imagine being all the surprise that's happening at the Last Supper. So we, we connect that with surprise and the surprise that they were going through. And, and so there's so much happening, and there's so many of these feelings that our kids can relate with on a daily basis. We just put prompts in there and yeah. ways that we can start helping our kids experience
1: the feelings mm-hmm. that they're having and connect it to that story. You know, one of the things I'm thinking of because I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was, you know, I didn't have traditions taught to me yeah. and, you know, I I kind of struggled, I'd say more as a teenager trying yeah. to grab these concepts. Yeah. And what you're doing with your children at a younger age, what I love what's happening there, you don't have to get it all done in one fell swoop, you know, asking no. your 3-year-old, are you ready uh, to receive Jesus? Yeah. You're laying the groundwork. Yeah and portraying the truth of scripture, et cetera. Yeah. And I just love that idea of it's like the layers of an onion. You're just creating that first layer for that yeah. three-year-old to yeah. understand what's true. Yeah. And I think being mindful of that and intentional of mm-hmm. that is so good. Christy, you, you were really honest about the fact that you struggled with the, the death and resurrection. Oh. I could so relate to you. I mean, I was... 15 going why would he have to do that i didn't get it what were your struggles as a child
3: well it's like josh was just saying like i mean it's just this most gruesome like you know you were was, scared of it i was absolutely and it almost disgusted Like, Mm -hmm. here's, we'll throw in another feeling word. Disgust is, it's like, I can't watch that. And you think about as parents, like we try so hard to protect our kids from what they see Mm -hmm. on television, on, you know, apps and all the things. And I think there's a whole generation of parents that are really recognizing how important that is. And they're really stepping up. But I almost wonder if we've swung the pendulum a bit to the other side where it's like, we're, we're so protecting them what they see. And yet there's this story about the man that we are to like give our lives for we're trying to introduce our children to that died this gruesome death and we are protecting our children from death and like don't look at that don't see that and then how do, awkward it is to try to explain this to kids you know and i just remember as a kid myself watching the jesus movie do you remember this oh, movie? Yeah. you know oh, yeah. and like it gets to that like i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine you're fine and like triumphant and palm sunday and this is all great and then you get to this horrible part where they're like literally nailing his hands and i just remember as a kid like actually feeling sick to my stomach oh. and yet you have to watch this every year as a family you know is and I'm never allowed to watch this stuff and like normally so <laughs> why are we watching this now and it just is this very strange introduction to I mean it's violent right. it's gruesome we right. don't really see that that often in our protected little bubble worlds that we're trying to you know and I think in really pure intention we're trying to protect children from things that they Shouldn't shield see. them, shield yeah. them really in ways that things that they shouldn't see. And yet this is important. So yeah. how do we do this? And yeah. I just realized how much of a struggle that was for me and <laughs> what Josh said, the whole church phrase of like, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. And I, I, though I get this sentiment, like, yes, we have hope. What about Saturday? Yeah. yeah. Like Saturday it was, a
1: was bad horrible. Day. Yeah.
3: And if I look at the world right now, we don't know how to sit in a Saturday. And yet I think that's really what it feels like right now. Yeah. Like if you look at the state of the world, it's like, God, where are you? And like, I don't really feel a lot of hope right now. Like yeah. it feels like darkness is winning. Yeah. And I think that's what Saturday felt like. And I the, I think the realization that there is this tolerance that we all need to develop. It's almost like a muscle where we can sit in hard things and allow them. They're, The overwhelm, you know, it's like this tidal wave. I think we're so afraid. I've heard so many people say to me, like, as we're sitting with them in hard things, you know, in a in a session, where they'll say, like, I I don't want to cry because I'm afraid if I start, I'll never stop. Mm. Oh my! And I think that's the belief, uh, and where we get this avoidant thing, and we go to sugar and bunnies, (laughs) because it's like if I actually touch upon this feeling, I'm afraid I'll cry and I'll never stop. And the grief will overwhelm me. And the truth is actually the opposite. That's why we're so afraid to feel is because we haven't let ourselves. And grief really comes in waves. Sadness comes in waves. Anger comes in waves. And we actually have to allow it. And it has to have a safe outlet. And as parents, that's what we are for our kids if we allow it.
1: Well, and I appreciate that because, again, that's your great strength. That's what the Lord's called you to. It feels to me is... Helping children, particularly, to be emotionally healthy and to talk with them in such a way that they can be. Mm -hmm. I I think the Easter story, again, it it can be overwhelming to a child. I mean, you wanted to get to Sunday quickly because that's the shazam, right? That's the big part of the story. It's the Lord being raised from the dead and appearing to people, and it cements our faith. And it is, as Paul himself, the apostle said, you know, if Jesus didn't, rise from the dead then our faith is He's pretty insane. much yeah. mute mm-hmm. and uh, but that's what it all hinges upon yeah. so as we're teaching our kids this it's it it can be difficult mm-hmm. let me go back to something you mentioned you said a lot in that statement mm-hmm. but the one thing uh, that I want to punch here is our modern parenting style to kind of keep our kids paint free mm-hmm. yeah. you know bubble wrapping them not just physically but mm-hmm. emotionally too you know to where they don't have a dip It's proving through research that's not a good thing. Kids need appropriate challenges to create resiliency in them. Mm -hmm. So speak to that issue of not being too cautious with the kids experiencing some grief and some pain
4: yeah and I think what ends up happening is is it comes back to our own parental fears it comes back to our own story we don't like anger or or if we see anger in our kids we want to just shut it out because I don't want an angry child I don't want you know or anger within us it triggered something within us from our own childhood where maybe we were told that anger was a bad emotion we're not supposed to feel so we just pass that on to our kids and and so a lot of times this desire to not want our kids to experience those feelings is coming from our own story, mm-hmm. and I think it's important that we look at that story uh, because Romans five is is to, says to rejoice in suffering. With suffering comes perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope, and and I think you know. For us to be able to enter into our children's story, get them to identify what is it that you're feeling? Is it sad? Is it, is it anger? Is it, uh, um, embarrassed? Is it rejected? Uh, is it fear? What are you experiencing? And to be able to allow our kids to sit in that and to listen to them in that without getting overwhelmed ourselves as parents Mm -hmm. gives our children the ability to say that it's okay. You have permit and, and it's actually a good thing because our ability to experience A wide range of emotion is what leads to emotional and and spiritual health. Mm -hmm. If if you shut out the negative or the uncomfortable emotions, you also teach your body to shut out the positive. And that's when we turn to the chocolate and the Netflix and all the other stuff to calm and soothe us. This Focus on the Family broadcast
0: will continue in just a moment.
4: Financial Moments with Tom Copeland.
2: In order to deal with the significantly higher costs of living, I recommend the following. Pray and ask God for His wisdom as there can be several options within the biblical guidelines. Next, list out all of your debts as well as your assets. Consider selling any unnecessary assets in order to pay down debt. Track your expenses on Form Number 6 of the Copeland Budgeting System so that you will know your financial facts and become more conscious of where your money is going, which means you'll likely spend less. And then compare your total expenses to your income to determine if you have a monthly surplus or deficit. Next, review your normal monthly expenses and eliminate any discretionary expenses. If you have a positive cash flow, you can continue with your current lifestyle, excluding the discretionary expenses. If after eliminating discretionary expenses, you're still spending more than you're earning, then either increase your income or do some significant downsizing, such as selling one car or downsizing your home. To learn more, go to copelandfinancialministries.org.
0: thanks for listening to Focus on the Family.
1: Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. One of the things that you talk about and you develop and practice uh, is this idea of uh, emotional safety as a family. Mm -hmm. Some people won't even understand what what you're aiming at there. So describe what emotional safety is within the family.
4: Yeah. I think it more has to do with the posture from right. which we parent more than the techniques. Okay. You know, I think we, in the day to day, we get so caught up in the techniques. We have a, as, as you were talking, John, earlier, the trying threes. We have a one who's walking into the threes. He, it's all about mine. It's all about me. It's, he's getting, letting his voice be heard. And I think so often as parents, mm-hmm. we get overwhelmed in those moments oh, yeah. and it's all about techniques. Should I spank or not spank? Do I do time? ins or timeouts? Mm-hmm. Do we, you know, do we, you know, uh, breastfeed or bottle feed? Do we co-sleep or not co-sleep? We get so overwhelmed by all these techniques, but the reality is, is that techniques will always change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and one technique that works on one child today won't work on that same child tomorrow. And one technique that works on a child, one child doesn't work on another child. So techniques will always ebb and flow. And those are one uh, way relationships. It's, it's a one way. It's it's, me as, yeah, it's yeah. me as a parent. Yeah. It's me as a parent. In uh, you know prescribing something or putting something on my child, the posture from which we parents should never change, and the way we describe that is that you know first John four says that perfect love cast out fear, and I think any time that we are leading in fear as a parent, whether it 's our parental fears, our parental agenda. Uh, whatever that looks like, where we're coming in with a with our own agenda, or we're you know shutting our child down because of our own fear, rather than entering into their story. And, and the way I describe this is leading in grace and following in truth. It's Jesus with the woman at the well. It's Jesus with the woman mm-hmm. caught in adultery. He's always showing up with grace, and he's entering their story before he ever reveals who he is. And I think that's a, a framework for us as parents to be able to lead in grace with our kids and enter their world and asking questions of what's going on. What's, what's going on in your heart right now? What's the disobedience about? What's the disrespect about? Did something happen? How can I help you? And of course, we want to follow up in truth. There, there's got to be consequences to disrespect and misbehavior. But I think so often we're, we're leading in truth mm-hmm and And we're missing the grace component and and to me, emotional safety really is that posture of how do we lead in grace
1: well that, that is so critical when you talk to twenty thirty somethings and their experience, especially growing up in a Christian home, never feeling like they could get to the bar that's been set, mm. always being somewhat shamed that I wasn't performing well enough. those are the beginnings of a difficult adulthood, yeah. you know, things that you bring in. And as parents, our job, I believe, before the Lord is to deliver healthy 18, 19-year-olds yeah. emotionally, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me ask you too, Josh, you you uh, grew up, I think, experiencing Easter at your grandmother's church. Yeah. I think you referred to her as Meemaw. Me, Meemaw. Yeah. I didn't have the Meemaw, but yeah. uh, we didn't yeah. have extended family, so I never had yeah. that experience. But yeah. What was it like being with Mima, and then Mima's attitude toward teaching you about Easter?
4: Yeah. Oh my goodness. So um, I get tears thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, every Easter Sunday, uh, we would show up at my Mima's church, and um, we wouldn't go. To, we went to a separate church, but we would show up at my Mima's church. And I remember um, singing the hymns. You know, uh, Christ the Lord is risen today. Alleluia. <laughs> And um, and then we would go to her house and we'd you know, find Easter eggs and we'd do all these things. But um, there was such a deep, like you talk about thinking, feeling and relating at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm welling up in tears thinking about that ex- experiential moment of singing those songs and going to Easter Sunday service and engaging in those activities with my family that just connected my faith. And my parents uh, growing up we're nominal believers. I mean, we went to church every Sunday, but it wasn't like we were doing devotions every day, and we weren't, you know. But I always believed, and my memo was such an anchor for that. Mm-hmm. And I just really want to encourage families to find those experiences, find those traditions in your family that will help your kids think, feel, and relate. And they'll have a connection point back to, a faith connection point back to in their childhood to look back and and have a similar experience when they're in their forties to tear up, to go, man, my parents showed up for me in this way. They taught me faith in this way.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, sometimes in that parenting role, Our judgment gets so clouded that we don't even know that the simple things we're doing. Now I'm getting teary eyed for you. But those simple things that we do are building incredible foundations for these kids. You know, just stability, being married, loving each other in front of your children, having dinner together at night, having discussion. These aren't difficult things to do, just consistency for your kids to see. And then your kid will be 40. And serving the Lord going, wow, what did I have? That was so special. Yeah. And I'm so
4: grateful you said that because we so often beat ourselves up, especially over the emotional stuff because we we get caught up in the day-to-day. Yeah. And And I just want to say to parents out there, like – it is hard it is difficult and yet simply showing up simply doing the exact things you just walked through yeah. it's deuteronomy 6 you know you're showing up for dinner you're you know you're uh, resolving conflict you're engaged you're and then and when we do mess up because we will being able to apologize yeah. to our kids just seeking their forgiveness is everything yeah. in our relationship well and i
1: so appreciate and to to hit this again don't be uh kind of about tactics, be about heart. Tactics will change. And the way you do it at eight years old, parenting that eight-year-old will be different from 15. So your tactics will change, but the heart is what it's about, that grace and truth delivered. Man, this time has flown by. Mm -hmm. I cannot (laughs) believe it. But for the parents, 10 days of the Easter story, start the discussion. This is a great time to do it if you have that three-year-old, the Mm eight-year-old, the 10-year-old, the Mm 15-year-old. Uh, to help them better understand what was going on that week that we rest everything on, that our faith is built upon, and to help your kids manage and understand those emotions. Uh, Boy, you've delivered. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank
4: you for having us.
0: Reach out to Focus on the Family today to get your copy of 10 Days of the Easter Story, A Family Experience Through the Feelings of Holy Week. Uh, When you request that book, uh, be generous as you can. This month we've been uh, really emphasizing the need we have here, Jim, for monthly sustainers. It helps. It's a really important thing for us, uh, for you to step up and contribute on a monthly basis if you're able to. That smooths out uh, the budget year for us. That allows us to know you're with us and we can move uh, confidently ahead in various plans and outreaches. So uh, sign up today to be a monthly sustainer. A gift of any amount uh, will really make a difference. If you're not able to do that on a monthly basis, then a one-time contribution certainly is welcome. And uh, the number is 800, the letter A in the word family, 800-232-6459, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca to donate
1: and get your copy. Also, John, uh, we have a great uh, PDF download or booklet uh, called Coming Home, which describes what it means to have a relationship Mm -hmm. with Jesus. And let's just start there. If you're parenting without that foundation, uh, let me just say that's the place to go. Mm -hmm. And for you to have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ and then to be able to give that to your children Mm -hmm. as best as possible, Uh, that's our goal for you as well.
0: Yeah, we've got that uh, little booklet coming home at our website, or call 800-THE-LETTER-A-AND-THE-WORD-FAMILY. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, we hope you have a great weekend with your family and your church family as well. But plan to join us on Monday as we hear from Emily Colson and uh, some of the rich lessons she's learned from her son Max, who has autism.
3: But I can tell you this, that I have watched Max teach us teach others about love and compassion and kindness and gentleness and patience and joy and perseverance.
0: On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.